Greetings to you and welcome to another session at this men's conference themed slaying lions, bears, and Goliaths. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read verse 9 to 12 to 13, but our focus is going to be verse 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. And the theme uh, or the topic for this particular session is prayer for breakfast, essential to the start of day. Let's read uh, the scripture together. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, clean to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the sense of the needs, and practicing hospitality. In choosing this particular topic, the organizers would like us to consider the importance of prayer, and, and particularly the importance of beginning your day in prayer. And in light of the theme, they would like us to consider the importance of prayer in overcoming the, uh, the battle and the war we are engaged in. If we are to be, to be a people uh, who know victory in our lives, uh, victory over sin, um, victory in overcoming the temptations that come our way, uh, and victory in uh, pushing back the advance of the uh, kingdom of darkness, we ought to be a people who are devoted to prayer and uh, praying consistently. And that is the exhortation we find in Romans 12 and verse 12. The context is, you know, Paul has just laid out the great salvation that God in Christ Jesus brings to us by faith, uh, through grace, uh, and to his glory, uh, and, 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 and how that he gives us victory uh, in the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit and how we are adopted as sons um, of, of, of God and we are part of the family of God uh, and, and, and just a, a marvelous uh, work of salvation that God brings through Christ. And, and chapter 12 then portends around and begins to lay out the implication or the application of that truth. Your salvation will change how you relate with God, how you relate with others, uh, and indeed, it, it will change your view of self. And one of the things uh, in this series of uh, commands, um, you, you know, in verse 9 to 12, Paul then says, be constant in prayer or devoted to prayer. Now, what does that mean? Well, what does it mean to be constant in prayer, to be devoted to prayer? I mean, is Paul saying we should be a people who are saying a prayer, muttering a prayer, every single minute, every single second, wherever we are? 
I mean, it discourages the idea of prayer without ceasing, doesn't it? So, so we need to ask what exactly is Paul driving at here when he talks about uh, the need to be constant in prayer. Well, this means that we ought to be a people who have a habit of praying. We persist in praying. We have a reoccurring prayer life. It is the opposite of random prayer, occasional prayer, if you may. In other words, Paul is saying we should be a people who are disciplined in our prayer life and have a regular pattern of prayer. And it is often good practice to begin the day with prayer and in prayer. So we ought to be a people who are constant in prayer, devoted in prayer, a, a, a people who have a regular, habitual, persistent, ongoing, reoccurring uh, lifestyle of prayer. And that's the command. Be constant in prayer. Or as Thessalonians says it, pray without ceasing. But this then leads us to ask the question, what is prayer? Because we can be guilty of talking about things and words and assume we all know what we mean. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Uh, this question. Well, what is prayer? And the, uh, the simplest definition uh, you may have heard while in Sunday school is prayer is talking to God. And that's, that's, uh, that pretty much sums it up. In our study of God's word, God talks to us. In our prayer, we are talking to God. The uh, Christians of old, of generations gone by, would describe that as communion. They would say prayer is communing with God. But, uh, and that's true. They, they, you know, they, 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 there's a sense in which when we are praying as children of God, uh, there, there is an intimate conversation that is going on there where you are pouring out your life to your father because God is your father. You're not just talking to some stranger. You're not just making conversation. You're not just having small talk. You are having a real, meaningful conversation with God. And that is driven and motivated by love. And so in praying, we are going to God to uh, ask, to beg, to request, 
to thank him, to uh, confess our sins and shortcomings, but we're also going to him to, to praise him, to, to acknowledge his beauty, to acknowledge his majesty, to acknowledge his splendor. He, he, that's what we're doing in prayer. And there's a... When you understand prayer that way, you then understand the importance of being constant in prayer, of being devoted to prayer. It can't just be occasional. It is the way of life. It's your longing to talk to God. Prayer is an act of love. Just as it is an act of obedience because we have been commanded to pray, but we are doing it because we love whom we are praying to. And prayer is an act of dependence on God. It is us acknowledging our dependence on God while uh, declaring our limitations, our um, uh, 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 inability uh, and, and, and saying to God we are unable without you we can do nothing so oh Lord attend to our needs hear our cry look upon us uh, you know that's what prayer is it's, it's, it's you have uh, uh, realized that without God there is nothing you can do uh, and, 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 you know, uh, he is the vine, you are the branches, and, 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 and your very existence and, 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 and survival and, and, and success depends on him. So you are daily, daily going to him. You know, in, in, in praying, you... You, you, you are feeding your soul, you know, the sense in which you are going to uh, a spring of water to uh, quench your thirst and, 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 and there find satisfaction. So, so, so you see the need to be constant. I mean, in every relationship, communication is essential. You, in fact, one of the major contributors to uh, broken relationships, regardless of what kind of relationship it is, is the lack of communication or bad communication. And, 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 and good, healthy communication will grow a relationship. And there's a sense in which, a very real sense in which, a prayerful Christian is a growing Christian. Growing in their knowledge of God, 
growing in their love for God, growing in their dependence on God, growing in their appreciation of God, growing, growing, growing. Because the more they talk to God, the more they love God, and the more they know God, and the more they uh, experience God, as it were. And so they are growing. Just as the more you talk to someone, you, you, your relationship grows. And we get offended when people talk to us occasionally. When people's communication to us is random, it's rare. And in fact, we get offended when you have people who only contact you when they have a need. <laughs> you know those phone numbers when we see uh, their name, you are hesitant to answer because you know they are asking for money. And the offenses, you feel like they, they are using you. You are only in their lives to give them what they want, and when you give them what they want, they are gone. And that's how we treat prayer. You know, it's like when you are desperate and in need, and you need a quick fix, dial God. You know? We treat prayer like going to an ATM. You need money, go to the ATM, you know, press in your pin, get your money and leave. But you see, prayer is much more than that. And, and, and because of what prayer is, No wonder the scripture commands us to be constant in it, to be devoted to prayer. Now, why, why should we be constant in prayer? You, you, you know, uh, why is it important for our lives and, and, and our battle here? on earth, as we uh, engage in warfare. Well, why is that important? Well, I think that the, the rest of the verse helps us. Notice Paul says at verse 12, at the beginning, the first phrases, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and then he says devoted to prayer or constant in prayer. And it's important, it's interesting that he, he connects those. And there's a sense in which the, the entire section is connected um, to love, right? You do all these things because of love, in, in, up in verse, uh, verse 8. Uh, however, uh, one of the reasons uh, it does seem in, in the construction uh, of the sentence here. Um, for being constant in prayer is because our lives are a perpetual 
uh, tribulation, if you may. We live in an environment, in our very lives here on earth, we live in an environment, an atmosphere of continual, uh, continual uh, perpetual tribulation. Or, 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 or in line with our theme of battle. That, that, that is life here on earth. And that's, that's one effect, effect, uh, effect of the fall. It's the fact that our lives here on earth will be full of toil, trials, and tribulations. And then go with me to Job. Job uh, and, and chapter 5. Uh, and we see some of these uh, you know, this truth about our, our lives. I mean, we, when we need, it's important that we have a, a realistic uh, perspective of life here on earth because we're constantly looking to create heaven here on earth. But, but, but we need to realize that we cannot create heaven here on earth because it is earth and it is fallen and, 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 and there is sin and, and uh, and, and, and it's a broken world with broken people uh, and broken systems. And therefore, there's a real sense in which life here on earth will be a constant tribulation, a constant trial, uh, a constant toil. Job chapter 5 verse uh, 7, Job says, For a man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. I mean, how is that for uh, summing up your life? You are born for trouble. It's a guarantee. Uh, Job, in chapter 14, uh, we have uh, another description or perspective of life. Job 14 verse 1. Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. <laughs> you know, and if, if, you know, whenever you get, um, you, you kind of uh, have an overdose of motivational speakers and motivational philosophies and ideologies, uh, you know, just give yourself a good dosage of Job and Ecclesiastes, and that will uh, kind of uh, give you uh, a proper perspective uh, of life. But we, we need to grasp this truth. We are living in a fallen world, and the ruler of this age is waging war against God's people and God's kingdom and God's purposes and God's church. And, 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 and because of that, those who are God's children will face constant tribulation. So how do we persevere? in tribulation? And how do we uh, rejoice in hope? By being constant in prayer. By being devoted in prayer. By 
acknowledging our dependence and our need of God's grace every single day. By calling out to God and asking for his strength as we embark on our activities for the day because you have no idea what lies ahead of you and you have no idea the obstacles and the uh, trials you will face, the temptations you will face. You, you, you have no idea. And left to yourself, I hope, dear Christian man, you know that you cannot do it. You cannot survive. You need the grace of God. And that's why we ought to be constant in prayer. We, we are a people who are so result-oriented. We live in a time that is so program-centered that success has to be tangible. It's, we had a good program. It was successful. Many people came. We had a live stream and they logged on. We, we organized. We did it. We're successful. So we have creative programs in our church and people are coming. Success. And, and that's well and good. I mean, the... We need people coming. We, we need people uh, logging in and, and people hearing. And we need people flocking our churches and getting saved and hearing the, the, the way. We, we need all that. And we need to be creative and innovative. Yes, I mean, the, 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 that's a gift of God. But the danger with all that is that's all we do. And, and praying, praying is not tangible. You know, if you spent an hour praying, you, you, you can't count that. <laughs> you, 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 it's not something you can hold on to or point to. And often it's in private. It's in your closet, as we would say. And the temptation we face is to slowly push prayer to the side. We've become so mechanical, so program-driven, so self-sufficient that we neglect to pray. That our praying is, by the way, it's optional, it's occasional. We've reduced prayer to recycled, memorized words that we matter without thought, no emotion, no 
uh, you know, it's just lifeless. And the, the, the reason is, is because we don't realize the life we are in, the world we are living in, the environment we are in. You know, when you are not aware of danger, you are not alert. You, you are carefree. When you are not aware of your situation and your circumstances, there's a sense in which you are so relaxed. Um, you know, and you get this, for instance, if you are in an area where, you know, you've lived there, you know everyone, and you're just relaxed. You're just relaxed. You, um, you, you know, you, 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 your level of alertness, your, your level of urgency, your, your level of vigilance kind of just goes down. You, um, you know, you can go, uh, said if you, you know, if you live in Kitwe, you can, uh, you know, I can, I can, uh, leave my car in the streets with windows open uh, and quickly run in my yard. I, I, and, and it would generally be safe. Like it's, you know. Uh, however, when you are in a strange place and when you are not very sure of your surroundings and particularly when you know that the place you've gone to is not a very safe place. Your alertness goes up a few notches, doesn't it? You, you, you are constantly looking around, you know, you, you, because you know uh, for anyone could be a danger to you. And if you have your wallet and your phone in your pocket, you are, you know, you are constantly checking to make sure that you know no one has snatched anything from you 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 are alert and you 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 are you are ready to uh, you know uh, be on guard and, and 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 in fact in those places you want to know who to call when this happens you know if anything is about to go down here who do i call where do I go? Where do I run to? I mean, those are, those are things that are running in your mind. Why? Because you are aware of your surrounding. So could it be that those of us who are Christians have become so comfortable here on earth that We've become carefree. And, and, and we trust our own abilities. Could it be, dear friends, that there is no difference between us and the world <laughs> such that we don't feel the afflictions, we don't feel the tribulations, we don't feel the battle? We don't feel the tension. We don't feel the agony. We, we don't feel the, the, the push of the uh, 
you know, world system and the, uh, the wickedness of, of the kingdom of darkness pressing on us every single day such that it pushes us, it forces us to tend to God and cry in desperation and pour out our hearts and cry for mercy, cry for help. Could it be that, that we have become so part of the world that the world does not afflict us anymore? Could it be? Because those who are children of God, those who've had their sins forgiven because they looked to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, those who have uh, uh, been changed been uh, saved from the deadness in their sins and made alive in Jesus Christ. Those who have turned from their sins and turned to God and, and are pursuing God and they are daily being changed in the image of Jesus Christ and they are not conforming to the world, Romans 1 and 2, but are trans being transformed by the renewing of their mind. Those ones will feel the affliction of the world they will feel the tribulation of the world. They will feel the push of the world, pushing them to conform to their standards, whether it is in their work ethic, um, in their business dealings, uh, in the way they, they, they run their home, in their marriage, in their parenting. The, the, the push of the world is upon them, and they are constantly feeling the pressure. They are constantly feeling uh, the, the push uh, and, and, and such that daily, daily, they run to God for daily grace. That's what prayer is. That's what you do in prayer. And the reason you should be constant in prayer is because you are feeling the affliction the tribulation. You are countercultural to the world. You are different from them. And you are daily having to take a stand. A stand on uh, your uh, being a husband. A stand on uh, being a father, a stand on being a worker, a stand on being a boss, a stand on uh, being a church member, a stand on being a church leader, uh, a stand uh, on, 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 on being a businessman, a, a stand on your uh, politics, a stand, a stand. You have to take a stand every single day. And oh, do we need grace daily. So we pray, and we pray constantly. And it is that, I believe, that will cause you to rejoice in hope. So that's why Paul says, rejoicing in hope, 
persevering in tribulation, constant in prayer. It's those who are constant in prayer who hold on to eternal hope. They are praying to their Father and they are crying. And one of their prayers is, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Because they are aware that they are strangers. They are passing through. This is not their home. They are far from home. Do you feel that reality? That you are not at home? And you hold on and look forward to, to that day when you hope shall be realized. And while you wait for your hope to be realized and face the affliction and the tribulation and the trials and the difficulties and the uh, struggles of life here on earth, you do so by the grace of God and you are able to say, it is well with my soul. You know, when... Uh, Sorrows, like the sea, billows roar. You know, whatever my Lord, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And uh, though certain should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control. It is well with my soul. And my sin, not a in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And Lord, has the day when the faith shall be sight. The uh, trump shall sound and the clouds will be rolled back and the Lord shall descend and even so it is well with my soul. You get that perspective from praying constantly. I would like to conclude by you know, offering some practical um, suggestion, not exhaustive, on how we should pray. Uh, um, you know, because there's a sense in which we have to learn to pray. So how, how exactly should you pray? How, how, how do you grow in your prayer life. Well, one, pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. As, as you read the Bible, the word of God, you, you pray the word of God. And that one will ensure that you don't have to run out of what to say. So you pray the scriptures. It's a, it's a good practice. You, you will learn how to pray by praying the scriptures. And also, you know, reading the prayers and studying the prayers in the scriptures. You, we learn a lot from reading the prayers of those who uh, prayed in the scriptures. Secondly, pray the promises of God 
Do, do you know what, you know, uh, what promises has God given in, the, in his word? You know, stand on those promises and, uh, and, and, and pray the, 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 the promises of God. And that's one of the things the people in the Bible did. They, they reminded God of his promises and, and prayed the promises of, uh, of God. Number three, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And just be thankful to God. One... Um, one uh, practice we, we, we do uh, in our home is at the end of the day, we, eat, we each say what we are thankful for that particular day. Uh, and it's a very helpful practice because it has helped us gain some perspective. I mean, the, uh, it's easy to be, com you know, complaining every time and be grumpy. And so we need to be reminded of the blessings of God. And one simple way you do is just thank God uh, for his blessings. Count your blessings. And, you know, you know acknowledge your sins and, and, and weaknesses, your shortcomings, your struggles. You know, God knows, so tell him. And you will find that they will, your, your, your prayer life will, uh, will have a, 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 a freshness to it. I mean, it, it, and the issue here is about being sincere in our praying, being transparent. I mean, how many of us like talking to someone who is fake, you, you know, uh, and, and, and who's not honest uh, with, 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 with you and themselves uh, or their assessment of themselves? And there's, there's, a, there's a freshness, there's a uh, a, a liberty uh, that comes in acknowledging uh, your sins and acknowledging your, your shortcomings and, and acknowledging your struggles and acknowledging your temptations and acknowledging your sinful desires uh, to God. Number five, learn to tell God What's in your heart? You, you know, I, there are times when you are angry and you just want to say you memorized, you know, uh, prayer and, uh, you know, bring out all the theology you've read because, you know, that's a spiritual thing to do. But read the Psalms. Read the Psalms. The Psalmists pour out their heart to God. In fact, there are times you read the psalmist and you're like, is this right to say to God? Um, you, you know, and, and, and they, they wrestle, they are pouring out they, they, their heart to God. You know, at the beginning, they're asking, why, God? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you letting injustice go on? Why? Oh, why? And, and then, you know, they bring themselves back and say, but this is what I know is true. So I will trust in you. Dear friend, pour your heart out to God. 
You, you know, I mean, if, if, you, if you are, your heart is raging or you are frustrated and then you, you have to pray and, and, and pretend all is well, what's going to happen is sooner or later you won't want to pray because you, you can't reveal, you can't state the, what's in your heart. So, so God already knows what is in your heart. Pour it out. That will grow your prayer life. And, and tell God the desires of your heart. Lastly, we need to pray for spiritual and physical needs. We often have the physical needs aspect sorted, but we rarely pray for our spiritual needs. We, we, we ought to be praying for uh, humility, for joy, for... Um, uh, you know, patience. We, we ought to uh, pray that uh, God may uh, help us in, 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 in our service and um, that, that he may ground us in his word. And, uh, you know, we have so many spiritual needs. And we ought to be a people who are balanced in that sense. Not just praying for our physical needs, but praying for our spiritual needs as well. So men, if we are to be a people who overcome and prevail in our battle, if we are to be a people who slay lions, bears, and goliaths, we ought to be constant in prayer. Amen.